0: I feel like my brain is an information highway of converging thoughts that are trying to cut each other in line. Like they don't they don't queue up. Like they just are shoving each other and being crazy. So it can make me tired physically. It can make me feel overwhelmed and it makes me feel anxious because whenever I'm doing one thing, I'm thinking about 10 other things. It's going to be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith for Real, the Curious Introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Hey, Curiositers. So in the year that I've been podcasting, some of you have said that you want to hear more from me. So here we are, the last episode of 2020, and the last episode in my mental health series, and it's me giving the people what they want. It's me talking to you today. I'm going to be sharing my personal mental health hacks. Now, my imaginary legal team would like to tell you that this is a personal sharing episode and is no way meant to be medical or mental health advice, but it really is just Me sharing. So it's an opportunity for you to get to know me a little bit better and hear what works for me, kind of like you would talk to a friend. I cover knowing my patterns, which is how I interpret the clues my thoughts and my body leave me about my mental health state. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I bulldoze through life and lists without really being present. I also share the importance of knowing the non-negotiables of what makes me mentally well, something I call my cornerstones. And then lastly, I share my favorite mental health hacks, just tools that I rotate to support my mental health. You know, kind of like how you rotate shampoo and conditioner when it ain't working. You don't feel bad about the shampoo or your choice for that shampoo. You don't lament and day drink that you have to switch the shampoo. Nah, you just go to Sally's and you get you another shampoo. Bada bing, bada boom. That's what this episode is about. It's shampoos mental health shampoos. That's what I'll call it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I hope that this episode inspires you and it supports your efforts in being well. So on that note, my friends, enjoy the episode. Hey, Curiositers. It's me, Meredith. Obviously, obviously it's me. But today, actually, it's just you and me. Today, I uh, am going to talk to you a little bit about some mental health tools in my toolbox. I hope you've been enjoying my series. And um, so I'm going to share about my patterns, my cornerstones, and some other helpful tools that just I've gained along the way and I occasionally use from day to day and sharing them with the hopes that they could help you too, potentially. So about me, I am 37 and three quarters and completely unmedicated. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's uh, a disclaimer or a boast, but it's the honest truth. So yeah, no drugs, except for the fun ones, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, I describe myself as having always been an introvert who kind of wishes that she wasn't. I felt always that extroverts had more fun they overthought things less and got all the lucky breaks. Also, I was a pro at a very young age at overthinking everything. Everything from candy bar selection to who to invite to a sleepover. But somehow, I managed to decide to get married at age 20. Yeah, don't recommend that, it didn't go well. So I got divorced and that was honestly the most depressed I've been, I think, ever to date. But like so many negative experiences, I gained a lot of, well, hopefully I gained a lot of coping skills and an overall stronger mental health immunity. So that's where knowing my pattern comes in. So by pattern, I mean observation of myself that gives me insight. It's like um, the patterns are like my brain and my body leaving clues for me and these particular pattern examples point to depression. So most of my examples today will be about tools in my toolbox for overcoming depression, because I always feel like that one is the one that sneaks up on me. Like I'm pretty aware of when I have anxiety and those sorts of things, but anxiety or, but depression, I have to look for clues. So I'm going to talk about, um, patterns of self-talk, uh, like that's one pattern that is a clue for myself is when I hear myself say it doesn't matter or nobody cares or I don't care who cares anyway and the reason that that's particularly challenging for me is because I don't actually think in English (laughs) I don't think in words at all I actually think in 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 um, concepts or feelings or um uh, little movies. So I don't often have an actual voice in my head, which maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Also, patterns of environment um, is another thing that I notice is in my environment, meaning my home, usually sometimes my car depends on where I'm spending the most time. If there's just piles of things everywhere, I know that that's a clue that something is is wrong. That's a clue that I might be feeling some depression. And then patterns of social interactions. I find that when I am in a depressed state, and this is actually true of when I'm in an anxious state as well, so maybe it's true for you as well, I am particularly argumentative, uh, super negative, complaining, but also really unwilling to change. And then the last pattern is patterns of behavior. Definitely procrastination, which can kind of tie in with the pattern of environment because I procrastinate putting things away and cleaning, so there's stuff everywhere. Unopened mail is a huge one. That's a particular example that's very actual and literal. When I was going through my divorce, I would typically have the cleanest apartment you've ever seen in your life. My friend came over Uh, during the divorce and there was just piles of unopened mail and dishes and the pillows that were supposed to be on the couch were on the floor. Like I didn't even just put the pillows back on the sofa. And she said, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? And I guess that's kind of like an extra side bonus tip for you is have people in your life that will notice your patterns and help you become aware of them because her saying oh my gosh what's wrong with you it helped me realize that something was actually wrong. Another pattern of behavior is losing time and I'm I'm not talking about like oh my gosh I've been abducted by aliens. That kind of losing time but more in micro doses. So I'll be working from home and suddenly 40 minutes will have passed and i don't even know i couldn't even tell you what i did lateness is another one um not responding to texts for days binge watching tv overeating especially sweets so i notice if i have any of these patterns of behavior that it could be a clue that my body or my mind is leaving me that hey you might be in a depressed state okay so cornerstones I call cornerstones those things in my life that by themselves might seem insignificant, but when you combine them together, they make for a more resilient mindset. And again, that's my goal with this mental health series is that you'll have things that by themselves might seem insignificant, but when you combine them together and use them, that they create a more resilient state for you. So the first, my first cornerstone, there's a lot of Cornerstones. (laughs) My first, actually, there's only a few cornerstones and there's a lot of tools. So, my first cornerstone is walking, like going on a walk. And that's something that I have realized that I can't do without. For me, it's almost like a moving meditation. The second one is yoga. And I'm not sure what it is about yoga that has become such a cornerstone. I think it's the breath work, which is also something I'm more recently looking into. But having yoga as a regular part of my life is a cornerstone for sure. Um, Oh, and about the walking. So there's something about the walking that unlocks the parts of my brain that lie dormant when I'm depressed. When I'm feeling depression... I am not creative. I'm not communicative. I'm not decisive. But something about the physical act of walking, I'm outside, and it just like unlocks it, it like shakes it loose. So if you ever see me walking in the morning, I usually walk about three miles, two or three times a week. Uh, And if it looks like I'm texting, I'm not texting. I'm usually emailing myself ideas because that's when it unleashes. And I'm usually listening to a podcast or something like that while I'm walking as well. So it's, it's, although it's definitely physical exercise, it's more of a something, a mental exercise that I need. The third one is progress of any kind. Celebrating a goal is just, it's in my DNA. And this can be a slippery slope because when I'm having patterns of procrastination, I will hardcore deep dive into anything else that I feel that I'm good at to avoid the thing that I'm feeling overwhelmed by. And that can be obviously pretty negative. On the other hand, when I feel stuck, the quick dopamine hit, of me doing something better can be a win that I need to feel confident to tackle the thing that I'm feeling overwhelmed in. So you can totally see where feeling progress is a double-edged sword. Um, But when I'm at my best, I'll incorporate the win into something that I'm already doing. So back to the walking example, if I'm going to be walking, then I'll try to beat my best time. And then it's a win. And then I will feel more confident in tackling something that day especially if it's a decision that I have to make. My fourth cornerstone will not surprise anybody that knows me. It's the beach. The minute I drive out into the beach, I just feel this rush of what I call happy calm. It's, It's like a drug. And if I'm surfing, it definitely magnifies it. So I know that for a lot of people... Being at the beach or going to the beach is a luxury and it's not something that you can just pick up and decide to do. Um, But there's a reason that I moved from Nebraska to Florida. I need the beach in my life. (laughs) So instead of pushing it off as something that is um, a luxury, I've made it a part of my life. And if I'm ever feeling off, I ask myself, when was the last time that I went to the beach? And then I just make time for it. The fifth one is alone time. There is such a thing as an extrovert hangover. And I love people. I love meeting new people, especially. COVID has made that a little weird, but I still I still need it in my life. But I do find that if I have too much of it, I will need that alone time, which again can feel like a luxury. It can feel like something that um, is just you know, excessive, you know, um, I can put it off. It's no big deal. But I have found that when I call it what it is, which is my cornerstone, and I communicate that to my husband, then he knows, okay, you need your alone time. And so I will spend that either messing around with my plants or I will go beachcombing by myself or, you know, whatever the case may be, I will clean out a closet. And then the last one, and this is kind of an odd one to share, but it's cannabis. So I promised I'd talk about the fun drugs, right? Medical cannabis has really helped me and has actually become, I would say, one of my cornerstones in my mental health, my mental wellness. And um, that's taken different forms, but I think the most frequently used one is the blend of CBD and THC. And if you're not sure about that, I do have an episode about that. That I can link in my Saturday email if you want, but um, it helps with my f- mental focus. Just feeling that homeostasis definitely has benefits for anxiety, sleep, and but also um, I will use it in place of drinking, um, which has been really unexpectedly awesome so let me just give you an example because you're probably like what the heck are you talking about right unless you already use medical cannabis then you you're like yes amen sister so one time i was at the beach and i um used some cannabis i feel so bougie saying cannabis (laughs) but i used the medical marijuana and um I took a little bit too much, uh, but I was leaning into it. I was floating in the water. I was um, looking out onto the horizon. It was a beautiful day. And I just felt this rush as if, um, you know when it's really cold outside and you take like the best hot shower ever? That's what it felt like. And I just felt so happy and present. I felt so grateful for the water And I could really, I was like, I'm in the water right now. I'm here. I am here in this beautiful place on this beautiful beach with my friends. And I felt the sun on my skin and I, it just felt so warm. And I could hear kids laughing in the distance and the, you know, see the sand and how wide it was and just appreciate everything. And I just felt so present. How that experience and experiences like it has helped me and helped become a cornerstone of my mental health is that gratitude, mindfulness, and joy, it lives within me all the time. And so those feelings I had that day, they stayed with me and they're still with me. And so knowing, having, because I was able to access those and experience them, it benefited me long-term. And so That's my speech about medical marijuana. Uh, So other tools in my tool belt. This was hard to narrow down, um, but I tried to pick the ones that I use the most that I thought were the absolutely most helpful that hopefully you can put in your own tool belt and that one day you will find helpful as well. So the first one is probably the biggest one, and it's interrupting the pattern. If I feel in a funk, I think of a way to interrupt the pattern of that thought and that feeling. And that might be with music. It might be with hanging upside down, like just doing a forward fold and letting the blood rush to my head. It's interrupting the pattern of being upright. I'm telling you, just if you're in a funk, try it. Think about all the things that are and do the opposite. Um, I will watch one episode of a TV show or walk around outside. So anything that interrupts it. The second one is a super recent one that I'm trying out and it's probably connected to mindfulness. I didn't read it in a book. I just sort of made it up. It came out of a need of feeling overwhelmed with lots of thoughts all at once. So like just I feel like my brain is an information highway of converging thoughts that are trying to cut each other in line. Like they don't, they don't queue up. Like they just are shoving each other and being crazy. So it can make me tired physically. It can make me feel overwhelmed and it makes me feel anxious because whenever I'm doing one thing, I'm thinking about 10 other things. So my latest tool in my tool belt, I don't even have a name for it. It's just repeating in my head what I am doing. So I'll be showering and I will tell myself, okay, I'm taking a shower. I'm exactly where I need to be at this moment. Showering at this moment is my only job. Oh my gosh, it's been really great. So it has really helped me operate in peace and flow instead of panic and being a crazy person. Uh, okay, so the next one is nature, and, and especially if I could be barefoot or have my hands in any sort of nature. That's a tool in my tool belt, and I know that's probably pretty obvious, but I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing. The next one is gut health. I have read that most of our serotonin, that happy drug that our brain makes, is actually made in our gut. So if I am feeling unhealthy, I kind of do a check on what I'm eating and see if it could be the, my microbiome that is contributing towards my sadness. The next is journaling, and I'm not talking about like detailed descriptions of every problem and annoying person in my life. I'm talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, gratitude, gratitude expression, or free free writing in colored pens. For some reason, that's very important for me. Uh, the next one is dance. I love some dance. This is a fun way to interrupt the pattern, and I specifically love Latin music. So I will turn on a YouTube video and just dance. It's kind of funny because our, we have an off-grade house. It shakes the whole house. Stuff falls off the shelves. I don't care. I'm dancing. It's a good time. Next is volunteer. I have found volunteering has really helped... I interrupt my pattern because I'm thinking about somebody other than myself. And so I will sign up to go do a specific thing, that way I'm committed to it, it's official, there's people counting on me, waiting for me. I recently volunteered with Keep Pensacola Beautiful um, and that was so great because it was also outside and that made me feel really great. But if those things aren't accessible to you, you could do something as simple as bake a cake and take it to a neighbor. Uh, The next one is kind of silly and a little obvious, but it's keeping the house clean. I have found that there is a direct connection between the state of my home and the state of my brain. And shout out to my husband who has pointed this out to me. So he loves a clean house too, so I'm sure that suggestion had a double benefit, but it really has made a difference. So I will, um, in times where I'm really struggling mentally, I will just be extra sure that either at night before I go to bed, the house is clean, or in the morning, the first thing that I do before I kind of get in my routine is do a sweep of the home, make sure it's clean. Um, Limit social media notifications. That one was inspired by Social Dilemma on Netflix. Shoulder taps. Uh, This is when you do a plank and then you literally just tap your shoulder I have found that this can confuse my brain into thinking I'm happy because it increases my heart rate. The nice thing about this is it's not jumping jack, so it doesn't shake off the stuff off my walls, but also if you work in an office, like an office office, you could just probably escape somewhere and do some shoulder taps, and maybe your brain will be like mine and confuse an elevated heart rate for joy, (laughs) I don't know. Um, Just a couple more here, animals. Anytime I can be around animals, I just feel a lot more grounded and happy. I'm sure that's oxytocin that I'm feeling. I once even borrowed a friend's dog for a week because I was sad. (laughs) I'm really appreciative to her for that. Dress up. There is a direct correlation for me between... How my physical appearance looks and how I feel most days. So if I'm feeling down, then I'll pick out a schnazzy outfit and put on some lipstick, and it's amazing. I'll feel better. I don't know what you fellas do, but that's what I do. You could put on lipstick if you want. Uh, and then essential oils. So this one's a little sciencey, and I had to copy and paste this off the internet so that I could explain it without bumbling through it. But smells are handled by the part of the brain that sends information to the other areas of the body's central command for further processing. Okay. So odors take a direct route to the limbic system, including the amygdala and hippocampus, the regions related to emotion and memory. So for me, I use essential oils as just a part of that tool, a tool in the tool belt to elevate my mood and it depends on the day, depends on which one that I use, but it's really been helpful for me. Finally is continued education. Nobody's perfect. What works one day is not going to work the next day necessarily. So what you did yesterday is not necessarily the same tool that you need to use today in order to feel the way that you want to feel. But by having lots of options and lots of tools in the toolbox, then you can figure out um, what's right for you today and not feel overwhelmed or like you're a failure if one thing just happens to not work that day. So I have made uh, a habit of listening to podcasts, reading books, and connecting with other people in my community who are willing to talk about mental health things. And I'm able to get real life examples of what works for them and try it out for myself. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you liked what you heard, but you're multitasking when you are listening to it, be sure to opt in to get my emails. I'll have all these tips listed nice and neat in my Saturday email with the clickable resources. So just text REAL r e a l to 66866. That's all for now. Stay curious and grow. Are you still listening? Just kidding. Of course you are. Since you're here, here's some ways you can support the show. Stalk me on social media, leave a review, share an episode with a friend, or check out my Teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel. Links are in the episode description.